So this is where you plan to do it? It's a good place as any. At least I have the balls to call this what it is. Murder. You really believe if you walk back onto that farm alone, no me, no Randall, hush up. You really believe they're gonna buy whatever bullshit story you cook up? That's just it. it. Ain't no story. I saw that prisoner shoot you down. I ran after him. I snapped his neck. It ain't gonna be easy. But Lori and Carl, they'll get over you. They done it before. They're just gonna have to. Why? Why now? I thought we worked this all out. We tried to kill each other, man. What you think? We just gonna forget about it all? We're gonna ride off into the sunset together? You're gonna kill me in cold blood? Screw my wife. Have my children. My children call you daddy. Is that what you want? That life won't be worth a damn. I know you. You won't be able to live with this. What you know about what I can live with? You got no idea what I can live with, what I live with. You wanna talk about what I can do, Rick? How about what you can do? Here I am. Come on, man, raise your gun. No, no, I will not. What happened, Rick? I thought you weren't the good guy anymore. Ain't that what you said? Even right here, right now, you ain't gonna fight for him. I'm a better father than you, Rick. I'm better for Lori than you, man. It's because I'm a better man than you, Rick, because I can be here and I'll fight for it. But you come back here and you just destroy everything! And we are finally covering uh, a much anticipated episode in The Walking Dead lore, season two, episode 12, Better Angels, aka Shane's Death. Haley, how the fuck are you? I am doing just swell. Okay, sweet. Uh, If we sound a little more proper, even though I just said, how the fuck are you? (laughs) Uh, It's because we're not doing this one solo anymore. We're not doing this episode solo. we have a guest, and uh, he is somebody that I've had on my other podcast, Shameless Plug, Eddie Green's 101. Totally shameless. Go check it out. He's been on two episodes, um, and before we get into uh, like everything and, and whatnot, we'll talk about our history for a little bit just to kind of bring everybody up to speed, but um, we're going to bring him in here now. I think I think people can hear you, man, so what's going on, dude? How you been? How's it going? I am... I am hanging on for dear life how are you uh, oh good so you're in california correct yeah okay and uh you are a for everyone who is listening you're an up-and-coming actor so i figured this is Ooh. i figured this is the perfect uh guest to have on the podcast just because uh you're really going to be able to 
you know, give your perspective on this. Plus, I think in critique. the yeah, your critique. And in the last episode of my podcast that we did together, I'm pretty sure we talked about this. How this is like your favorite episode of The Walking Dead, correct? This yes, and thank you so much for letting me. Uh, I think if we were discussing Walking Dead, and then you said, "Hey, if you ever want to be on for an episode, that's like Better Angels." <laughs> the, first, the first thing out of my mouth was Better Angels because it's such a great uh, episode, and it's just. Um, you know, we could, we could talk about the other episodes. In The Walking Dead, they never shied away from brutality. Like, if we covered, like, the, what was it, down the way, down the road, the episode where they have their night with Negan, uh, the day will come when you won't be, which is just, just, like, sheer brutality the entire time. And we're just, we're just, every time we think it can't get worse, it does. Um, and uh, so this episode, what I like about it is it has brutality, but it's not to the point where I want to jump off a bridge after I watch it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this episode has a lot of just a lot of elements that work together. And um, and once again, you're going to hear me sing John Berenthal's brain. Like, I, I, I love him as an actor. And I think he just he was the role of Shane. He was just so great in it. And I was actually watching it a little bit of it while you guys were setting up. I've got it running in the background just so we can timestamp and know where we are. Um, but I, I kind of wondered, I was like, I wonder what the universe would be if Shane had survived, like, up to this point. Like, how the the community would have gone. Yeah. But anyway. It's definitely something you can you can ponder, but... Uh... We'll uh we'll we'll get into that and uh for just uh a quick second let's talk about our history together because I think it's pretty it's pretty cool so and I and I don't know if Haley really even knows too much I don't about it. too much so um I had a podcast back in the day called Terminator One Hundred One that I knew yeah and uh it was all about the first two Terminator films because those are the only ones that matter and. Um, I set up a Patreon at one point to just kind of, you know, try to get some income going, but also to do the thing that you do, which is provide extra content. And out of nowhere, like, I'm pretty sure Ami was one of the first people that signed up for it. And he didn't just sign up for, like, the bottom tier level. He signed up for the most expensive Aww. tier level that you could sign up for. And... It was really cool because um, we did a Q&A kind of thing back back in the day when, you know, I thought doing a Q&A would, you know, make me feel important and shit. <laughs> uh, uh, so we did that. And ever since then, he stopped being this guy that was just supporting me financially into being somebody because I disabled that Patreon. He t like he turned into somebody that's just a friend. Like he turned into somebody that even though we've never met, which is really weird to me, like in person, we've never met, but he's so far. Yeah, and exactly. He's in yeah. California, but it turned into a really good friendship. And one day I'm sure our paths will cross, but I just think it's a really cool story. If there's anything that you want to add to it. Absolutely. It's, um, uh, and I consider you a friend as well. It is amazing that, um, I forgot how. I think I was probably on like Terminator fan pages, and then I, I must have seen someone link to yours or someone mention yours. But then I went on. I started listening to the podcast, and it was something I really enjoyed. I really loved the dissection. I really loved the analysis of, of the, the themes. And this, you know, you're. I was like, this guy really loves the the franchise. He what you loves the James Cameron canon, which I am completely on board with. So I signed up, and, and I started listening to them. 
and I really loved lifting them. It was a ritual that I enjoyed, especially when I was at work. I would like, <laughs> uh, and I kid you not, because uh, I used to work in like a factory, like a like a line factory where we would just like sort through stuff. And they were really, you know, they were really strict about us not having our phones out. So on my breaks, I would go run out with what little time I had and listen to your podcast and I'd go run back into work. Uh, so I would then, after that, I was like, I need to support this guy because not only is it a topic that I, lo- that I love, but it's, I loved how you executed it. I thought it was really important work because it spoke to, it spoke to greater things. It spoke to like your love of, of things that were cohesive, things that, things that were, uh, you know, it's James Cameron. And I mean, arguably the greatest filmmaker of all time. Yeah. Um, and so it, it spoke to this idea that we, we held kind of movies and, and the things that we love to, to a higher standard, uh, to, to that standard. And so like, it, it's something that there wasn't enough of it in the world that I felt. And then you tapped into that and it, um, and then you had a bunch of people support you and it was great. And, uh, like I said, it was something that it was a ritual that I just loved, um, listening to your podcast yeah yeah it's well i mean i don't know how to i, I like i really don't know how to take like uh what's Problems. it called feedback feedback yeah 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 like i don't really know how to take that especially now that we're friends okay 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 let me scratch that so it, it was kind of shoddy work and you're kind of <laughs> asshole so i felt bad for you so i said you know what I'll, I'll throw this guy a couple bucks just to like you know I don't want him to be on the streak unless I was feeling here. No, no, I, it wasn't anything like that. It was, it was great. And, it was and I, I'm the same way when it comes to, to a, you know, outpouring of, you know, uh, praise. So, well, it's but different. It's, Everything I said it's different, right? If, it's different if it's like somebody you don't know, then it's like, oh, okay, well, okay, that makes sense. But it's, it's, this has transcended you being just someone that supported me. Like I said, it's, it, it's turned into something more. So it's now it's like, you know, one of your friends going like, yeah, man, your, your work's so good and yada, yada. It's like, uh, all right, let's just, just, just shut up and stop talking. Just, just. <laughs> Don't be <feed> me. <laughs> I'll, I will shut up. And, uh, all right. Yeah. And, so uh, and Haley is the other person here, right? What was that? So right. you're the, you're the, the third in this, in this trifecta. So like, what's your story? Yeah, what's your story, Haley? <laughs> Do I have one? I, I'm just along for the ride myself. Uh, I. It's nice to meet you. She, uh, she was not. <laughs> she was not around in the Terminator 101 days, if that's what you're asking. I was not. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it was, but it's but a distant memory. Have you Have you seen those movies though? Yeah, I oh, watched yeah. them for the first time with Eddie. I can't think of a better person to do that with. (laughs) (laughs) It was sort of like, uh, because uh, you as well as our audience hopefully know that we're not just co-hosts, we're actually uh, a thing now. And it was sort of like the, the... this needed to happen if we were going to be a thing. Like you had to watch <laughs> Terminator one and two. Otherwise I couldn't date you. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know if you guys were now that I do know now that I, now I feel like if there's going to be some argument, you guys are already going to be on a side and it's going to be against <laughs> me. And then it's just going to uh, all right, let's get this over with, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to be fun. If anything, it's going to be uh, you and me versus Haley. Exactly. I, I'm just, <laughs> I, I like to so, say, uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. All right. Well, I'm that you must be a Walking Dead fan as well. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I I am the co-host. I am the co-host. Yeah. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that well, it, 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 it's another crazy story because we when we first started the podcast, we weren't dating. We were literally just friends, and we did the whole first season as friends and then during the break is when everything kind of took place and then we came back for season two and it was so weird because <laughs> you know like when we recorded season one we were uh, we recorded on opposite sides of my room and everything and then season two we're like right next to each other it's the weirdest thing <laughs> but anyways without gushing too much let's get into this because i'm sure people out there are going what the fuck get Talking about we better angels. We are still angels. a Walking Dead podcast. I came here for Walking Dead. Yeah, not not your cheesy Nicholas Sparks romance. Um, all right, so here we go. These uh, movies. Huh? Not these robot movies you guys are talking about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I sent Ami the the segments, so he is familiar with what's going on here. Um, so the first segment that we love to do is favorite scene or moment in better angels. Oh, but first we all like, we like to give our general thoughts on the episode. And, um, I think you said yours, if there's anything else you'd want to add to it, go ahead. Or if that was everything that you wanted to say about the episode overall. Me? Yeah. Yes. First. Uh, it's, uh, and it was nice to rewatch it. Uh, I feel like I, I, as I was watching it, I was like, I should have watched a couple episodes before this just to kind of get back into where they were yeah. and the dynamics that were happening. Because you're watching this episode, I'm like, holy shit, most of them are dead now. <laughs> um, but it was it was a great episode in that the, the two pillars of the show, which were uh, Rick and Shane, like this was kind of the the where the rift between them was the you know was the widest. This is where they they were kind of at opposite ends of the spectrum about how they wanted to, you know, because Rick was still very compassionate and Shane was very cutthroat. But but at the same time, they didn't make him, they didn't demonize him so much that you can, like he was doing everything in his power to keep the, the group, uh, specifically Lori and Carl, sick. So I could see the justification as to why a person could become that way. Uh, anyway, but my favorite scene from this episode, of this great episode, was uh, the confrontation in the field and just the shot of them standing in the field and they're, they're silhouetted and it's like the moonlight just a just a great shot and i'm it's one of those things where i'm wondering like if they were besides themselves uh when they saw how it turned out like when they were rolling uh because it's just the lighting and everything about it was just fantastic and uh and of course you have the two these two great actors you know that they they have this wonderful chemistry together um and it kind of comes to uh it kind of comes to a head at that, that moment. And I, that was my favorite moment of the episode. And also the other thing that I really, really enjoyed, and I haven't seen anything pretty much after Rick uh, departed, um, but I love that they, this is the only time I've ever known them to show kind of mentally what's happening when someone's turning. Because as Shane's turning, we get these flashes of like walkers in the, ca- you know, in the camera and they're snarling and, 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 you know, biting, and it, it looks all uh, feral and like almost like a de-evolution. And they've never shown like what the process is like mentally, and they kind of uh, attempted that. So I really like that as well. Well, the, it's funny that you talk about the flashes of walkers in Shane's head, is uh, because Haley is I don't like it <laughs> so adamantly against that particular technique, and explain why. I just think it's uh, like cliche, tacky, like. I don't know. I kind of like 
Yeah, it gives a nice sort of insight on the, you know, your mental state, like when it goes into turning and whatnot. And I, I kind of like the ambiguity. I kind of like, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My mic. Um, I don't know. I just like the random snippets of, it's not even like the full screen. It's like you're looking through like a pinhole lens or something in this one. And it's just some random walker. I I don't know. I just think it's uh, cheesy. Well, cause, but... well, because you think they're just going for jump scares. Yes, yes. I think they're going for jump scares. Like, I don't know. I think a bigger jump scare would be just Shane getting up. I don't think it would have. Like, we knew Shane was going to turn because Rick didn't hit him in the head. And... I don't know. Yeah, but at this point in the show, you don't know that they just turn from dying. It's like we don't but know that yet. Yeah, but they all carry it. Yeah, that that's only revealed in the finale of season two. So up until this point, everybody that watches the show thinks you have to get bit to turn. Um, so they don't know that he's gonna he's gonna pop up. And this is I where can, I can see uh, it. Uh, if they did that every time someone was turning, I'd be like, oh, okay. But it was kind of an artistic leap uh, to, to show us, like, uh, hey, this is... And like you said, we didn't know at this point. So I think it might have been a discussion of if he just gets up, that, I mean, people will figure it out, but we kind of want to nudge him along a bit. So we're just kind of have... We're going to have flashes of this stuff. Actually, the very the very first moment where everything kind of goes, like, reddish, like, right after he dies, I thought that was really cool. Because yeah. you're kind of really confused as to what's happening. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's you know it's I'm sure it's it's yeah. polarizing for some people. Yeah, like like you said, the fact that it only happens like it only happened with Shane and then with uh, Jim. Jim is that his name? Jim from season one. Yeah, Jim from season the one. The psychic guy. Who? The guy that had the visions, wasn't that Jim? Yeah, 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 Jim. Yeah, yep. I think when he gets bit or whatever, he has in the van. He has a. Uh, he has some flashes, flashes as he's turning. Yeah, so as long, like, yeah, I could appreciate, like, here and there, like, I'm not so up in arms about it, only because of so how infrequent it is. Yeah. So, yeah. I, yeah. I Also, I would like to know if, and I don't know if Ami has any insight into this because you were, like, uh, if they were beside themselves when they saw what they were filming, do you think that that was 100% in camera? Because part of it kind of looks like it could be artificial to me, like the whole moonlight and the, the silhouette and everything. Like, do you think it was that perfectly done or... No, I mean, I think uh, it does have a strange, it does have a very... Um almost slightly otherworldly kind of lighting to it. Uh, so it, it could have been that they were very specifically trying to get something and it just turned the way it did. Uh, yeah, there, there was probably a lot of, you know, set lighting and yeah. you know, stuff around that. It's just, um, it just, I love, you know, silhouetting is a cool technique and especially, you know, exactly who, what shape is who and you, the distance between them. And it was very, um, I don't want to say like a, like a like a western standoff but you kind of get that yeah you know, you know western standoff in the moonlight kind of a feel yeah for sure for sure this town ain't big enough for the both of us yeah 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 <laughs> this farm ain't big enough for the both of us <laughs> yeah, exactly. um no but that's great and uh Haley, what is your favorite scene or moment yeah i think like no fault to uh the standoff scene because i think that is also that is also like a very 
well done scene, like well acted, especially with uh, uh, Shane's, like you could hear it in his voice. But uh, my favorite scene, I think, has to go to the opening, actually. Where the opening. They're um, around, like laying Daryl to rest. Dale. Dale. That's what I said. Dale. You said, you know, you said Daryl. Oh, did I? <laughs> I? I said, well, I thought I said Dale. Laying. You're rioting in the streets if that happens. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Dale to rest. <laughs> um, and like it's Rick, um, his uh, monologue, I guess. Eulogy? Yes, 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 yes. Eulogy. And I think it's uh, really like heartwarming as an ode to Dale in that, uh, um, they're talking about like, because he said like we were talking in the last episode how Dale's last words were saying like how this group's broken, but between cutting to them around Dale's grave, they're cutting to um, Andrea and I think Daryl and T Dog and yeah, uh, they're working together to kill off just like a few walkers, so it's almost like it's something. S- so little but it's like a slow repair of what daryl dale fuck (laughs) see See? (laughs) god i hate it (laughs) see well now you're happy that dale's gone because now you're not going to keep getting this mixed up (laughs) it's not even that like i don't know his name it's just like speaking well they're so similar dale and daryl dale and daryl yeah it's they're so similar there is no need for that (laughs) (laughs) they could have picked any other name but I also really like just the fact that um, in the opening, you can just tell that it's starting to become fall. Like, because uh, I've never experienced like a Georgia fall, but I know what an Ohio fall looks like. And you could just tell that air is crisp. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I just think it's beautifully lit, especially. And I don't know. I just really, I enjoyed that opening. I enjoyed it. Yeah. A great opening. And it was. yeah, I, I agree with you. It's such a fantastic opening and how Rick's saying that we, we need to unbreak it as this group, you know, to kind of live for the idea, the ideals that Dale uh, stood for and what he wanted for us. But the funny thing is when they, when it cuts to them, uh, when it cuts to the group led by Shane kind of taking out the group of walkers, the way the music is playing out, the way Bear McCreary's score is playing out, it's almost kind of highlighting that they're being almost unnecessarily savage with their, with their, like, they're, I mean, at one point, they're, like, kicking it to death. Yeah. Like, Shane, they're all, they're beating it to death. <laughs> but they know at that point that, uh, like, a blow to the head, destroying the brain will do it. So, to me, it almost suggests it, it turns to the opposite way, where it's, like, they're kind of uh, leaning into uh, being savage about it. Unnecessarily. So, I know they're walkers and everything, but, and the way the music's playing, it kind of runs contrary to this, uh, speech that Rick is giving about you know their humanity and yeah. living for the Dale's ideals. Yeah, for sure. And and it's really headed by no like no pun intended because he bashes in the guy's head, but it's really headed by <laughs> Shane. He's the one that exactly. he's the one that does the final blow to the to the Walker's skull, and then just kind of like <laughs> yeah, the sound yeah yeah. Yeah, no, it's great. No, like, I love it. Like, I love when they juxtapose. I feel like they do that a few more times in the show. Like, someone will be talking about doing something, and then it'll show images of something else entirely happening, and it it's such a big juxtaposition about what's 
being said. So um, I feel like that's a really good tactic in television and movies in general to just kind of, you know, get a point across whether or not you pick up on it. That's that's up to you. But um, yeah, for sure. I'm surprised nobody said because so this is my favorite scene. I'm surprised nobody said the moment because this is mine when Rick goes to Carl and he talks to him about how people are going to die. I'm going to die. Mom's going to die. Yeah. There's I, there's no way you could ever well, be. not the most inspiring pep talk in the world, but. Uh, no, I for do, sure. You know, I do like that scene between the two of them and him saying, I wish you had the childhood that I had. You know, that was a really good scene between the two of them. Kind of, a, you know, a parent wanting to be loving and giving encouragement, but at the same time, the reality of the world that they live in. Yeah, it's just like, it's always been from this episode, it's always been the thing that stuck with me to the point of I'll just randomly, if something sad happens in life, I'll go back to the line that Rick says and uh, where he says, uh, there's no way you could ever be ready for it. And it's like, damn, if that ain't the truth, I don't know what is. Like, Mm -hmm. you cannot prepare for somebody to die, no matter how much you try. And it's crazy how much that line has resonated with me. Plus I really like it because in season three, when Lori dies, they flash back to it. And, and, uh, Carl is hearing his dad say that again, you know, people are going to die. I'm going to die. Mom's going to die. And it's, it's, it's just so beautiful. Plus, I mean, you are talking about silhouetting. I mean, I think that's the better silhouette where you see Rick and Carl in the, in that, uh, in the frame of the barn. Yeah. You know? That was a really good shot. God, it's so good. I mean, this is the silhouette episode. <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. So. Um, yeah. It was a great scene. It, it was a really great scene. And um, it, it, once again, it touched, you know, they, uh, Rick and Carl got to touch base, and which is always, you know. Always fun. It's always good. But then it was kind of like the, the oh, man, see, I loved, I loved the show in this kind of fledgling state. But, they, you know, I think at one point there, and not to, jump ahead but at one point when they're you know shane's putting his plan into motion and he's got that head wound because he ran into the tree and uh kind of sets up that they go out and look for the guy's name um randall but randall yeah um but uh yeah i just oh, i forgot what i was gonna say what was i gonna say like they, he sets them up to go out and what were you we just talking about we were talking about um uh I don't know. I mean, you're on this one on your own. I lost it. I, yeah, I lost it. I went out on this thing, and then apparently, yeah, I, uh, I got I got caught up in. There was yeah. a reason why I brought up this scene, though. Uh, oh, oh, that's yeah, that's what it was. Thank you. Uh, I uh, Carol's like, like, oh no, guys, like she's like trying to give them like her. She's super worried about them going out. I'm like, that is not the Carol that I know. Like at this point, <laughs> she'd be leading the pack out there, and like you know, would have already figured out what was going on, and like you know, it was just funny seeing Carol in these formative stages. Yeah, uh, being mousy and being, uh, you know, still at the end of being a victim. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so now on the flip side, Ami, what is your least favorite scene? If you have one, like you don't have to have one, but do you have a least favorite scene or moment? Huh. Um, least favorite. I. Is there something in here that I just rings that. false to you? Not true. Inauthentic. Something that bothers you? I don't know. Like, I, I guess the things that were flashing in my mind as you just said that would be either, like, the... the I understand that the RV scene with them, like, turning it back on again was kind of meant to be a in-service-to-Dale thing. I get it. But I don't know why. But something about it that kind of... Eh. 
And then also, I think the big one would be Carl returning the gun to, to Shane and explaining what happened. I don't know why. It's just kind of... Because uh, at the end of it, I guess, uh, when Shane's kind of insistent that Carl keep the gun and, and he's like, you know, you have to keep yourself safe and as long as I'm there, nothing's going to happen to you. But, I, you know, I can't be watching you all the time. And then for uh, Carl to be like, we'll just give the gun back to... You know, Daryl then storms <laughs> off, and I'm like, "You little shit." I don't, I don't, think, it, I don't think it had to be like I don't think there was any narrative like confused, like nothing made it made sense, but it just kind of like had a dislike, like an irritation with Carl in that moment. A little shit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, it's funny yeah. because it's funny because in the last episode uh, where Dale dies, he's basically uh, in it like a dickhole for the whole episode. <laughs> you know, he, and that's and that's Haley's word. Dickhole. 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 Um, uh, but he really is. So, yeah, well, it, and, and plus it's always tricky with child actors. Um, I feel like he gets a little better as the show goes on, you know, but um, that's just, I feel like it's just a kid trying to do his best. And sometimes he succeeds and sometimes it, it falls short or comes off as strictly acting. And uh, yeah, for sure. It's interesting. What's yeah, your what's your least favorite scene? I was gonna say him crying over Dale was Oh very, uh Glenn? No, uh, uh Carl. Oh Carl crying over Dale? Yeah. Uh, that was like uh like they just kind of put water inside and like, look sad kid. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so you guys share the same Oh no, no. Uh I was just adding. Oh, oh, um, okay. I have a different least favorite scene. My least favorite scene was when Lori confronted Shane. Yes. I swear that I was thinking that in my head too. I was like, that's my least favorite scene when she goes to Shane. It flashed through my head too. Yeah. Cause it just doesn't make any sense. Well, it, because it's fans of the show have always said Lori's bipolar. Yes. And pretty much so. I agree. She is very much bipolar in this, in this scene. And it's only because, and I was telling this to Haley, I mean, like, uh, sometimes the show beat you over the head with when a character's going to leave they they either always talk about them like suddenly that character becomes the main focus of the episode or in this case loose ends are tied up very neatly and this was a this was to me this rewatching it 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 only rang as they're just tying this up because Shane's about to die so let's tie up the the Lori and the Shane thing here but what doesn't make like what especially doesn't make sense is that like a few episodes ago she was just saying you are not the father of this baby no matter what you say like uh, you are not my husband and like you are not the leader of this group and now she's like and the lighting's all nice and yeah. she's like you know I don't even know whose baby this is and I never thanked you for everything you did <laughs> for me and my son and. She starts crying and like, bitch, pick a side. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Pick a side. I didn't. I didn't know that was a. I didn't know that was a thing for the character. <laughs> what? What? At least I bet she might be what bipolar, or she might be. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like you've never heard that in like groups or anything. Like a lot of people just think she's bipolar. She acts very bipolarish. I didn't. You know, I didn't. So the scene flashed through my mind, uh, but I didn't list it because. Uh, but now that you mentioned the whole like wrapping up a character and leave, you know uh, wrapping up the the loose end, I didn't say that scene because I thought it was uh, say what you will about 
insane at this up to this point, but like when she, you know, walks up to him and they talk and they kind of, you know, have their back and forth about it. And then, you know, Shane says that your basement got flooded and they kind of a moment of levity, I suppose. But then when they get to the whole, I never thank you for what you did. And, and the thing is he did, like he, he pulled them out of there and then everything, you know, the, the flames and everything. And he, you know, with little thought of himself, he pulled Lori and Carl. And then for Shane to be like, you don't have to thank me for that. I, I like that moment for Shane because it, it reinforced that he wasn't just an evil prick. Like he, he had his justifications and his reasonings for being the way he was. And I could never bring myself to fully hate the guy. Um, and so I, I liked it for him in this moment, showing a bit of like, you know, this isn't something that I, I you know, need to be thanked for. Like I, of course I would, of course I would do that for you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also another one of the rare times where he's left speechless. There's the time yeah. when Rick confronts him on the highway and 18 miles out where he's like, we need to talk. And this time when Lori comes up to him, he doesn't say a word. He just, he's just kind of like, holy shit. Like she's actually coming to me and mm -hmm. thanking me and, and, and Jesus Christ, like, where did this come from? Right. So it's a good scene, yeah. but unfortunately I think it in just, hindsight, it just rings as tying up a, just a, just a loose end. It just juxtaposes when they were sat on the couch and they kicked everybody out and they were talking. And that didn't even happen that long ago. Yeah. And that it just didn't sit. Yeah. Didn't sit. Yeah. But uh, that's a, I mean, it, it really is a stretch because I think this, like the whole episode is pretty solid. You yeah. Know? yeah. 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 But uh, I mean, like, I don't think I would have like, you know, automatically gone to hear something I hated. Like, I think that if you had to, if you had to put it to me to be like, you named something. I was like, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's Carl's being a brat. That's why it's least favorite. It's not most hated. It's just, it's something most that, hated, yeah. Because yeah. uh, when we were creating the segments and like coming up with the, with the, with the, with the podcast, uh, something that I thought of was like, all right, we can't be too negative because there's, you know, like when we try to get diehard Walking Dead fans to listen, they're going to, you know, the second you start talking some mad shit about the show, it's like, oh, fuck this podcast. So, um, but MVP of the episode, who is Ami's MVP most valuable player? Gosh, that's, uh, it is going to, it's going to tie. It's going to tie between uh, Rick and Shane because they were the, at that point, they were the twin pillars of the show. And then at this point, like it, it comes to its climax. It comes to a head. And they both played their part. And that's, oh man, to pick one of them. Because they both had, they both uh, were true to their own characters uh, with Shane having uh, having an added dimension to his and that. And I think we discussed this before, the idea that, uh, you know, the real reason why Shane was taking Rick out there. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it was even the reason that... Um, John Berenthal stated, like, that's what they were going for. But I don't think, I don't know if it was just rejected outright or, you know, whatever reason. But uh, it was it's a toss between Rick and Shane. Gosh, they, you know, this is an episode for them. And, uh, man, they, they played their parts well. I, I couldn't pick up MVP. You know, it's a tie for MVP with the two of them, Rick and Shane. So before we talk about uh, what you just said, uh, I want to, for anyone listening, for Haley, uh, there is a really cool thing that John Bernthal wanted to have happen in that scene. And 
what it was is he wanted it to culminate in Rick stabbing him, right? So he has him at gunpoint. He wanted Rick to stab him. And then after he killed him, right, after he did his crying and everything, he would check the gun that Shane was holding, and he would find out that there were no bullets in the gun. That happened? No, no, no. That's oh, what John Bernthal oh. wanted to have happen. He suggested oh. that to the writers. How cool would it be if Rick checked the gun and found out there were no bullets oh. in the gun? May I, may I interject, Teddy? Go ahead, uh, go ahead, go ahead. It, it, it's a, it, it was such a cool idea that uh, Shane had no intention of killing Rick out there. He needed, he needed Rick to kill him because at this point, uh, Shane was kind of, you know, reaching kind of the, he knew that the end was coming and that the way he was going about it wasn't like, it wasn't flying. Uh, but when they go out there and you can even kind of hear it in the dialogue when he's like, I'm, I'm a better father than you. I'm a, you know, I'm better for Lori than you. Like he's almost goading him. He's like, even now you're not going to fight for him. Like he's, it's almost like a, you need to stand up. You need to rise up and be the guy that this community needs you to be. It, it was almost like, uh, it, it wasn't. It was kind of goading him into taking action. And uh, what was supposed to happen is when Rick stabs Shane, the gun doesn't go off in his hand. Because if you think about it, in the episode, it's only when Carl puts down the reanimated Shane, then they kind of show the walkers heading up the hill. Why weren't they? Why didn't they emphasize that upon the first shot of uh, Shane's gun going off? Yeah, they didn't really emphasize it there, which I thought was strange. And that will lead into the, the one thing that didn't make sense to me. but no like dude i so agree that that would have been honestly a much better thing to have like have happened i wonder why it didn't well i think they justified it in saying that they needed two gunshots to draw the the amount of walkers toward the barn Uh, toward the farm uh, so they maybe i mean like it i mean they're usually pretty good about uh, (laughs) i don't know it's I think it was probably a thing where they wanted they wanted Shane to they didn't want any like mixed messages with Shane like uh, to give him too much of a justification, which I thought would have been great. But I, I think they wanted him to kind of be to go out as a villain. Yeah, yeah, the, I can especially like the way he looked. He sure as hell looked like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for but for Rick to for Rick to grab Shane's gun and find it empty. Oh, like Shane took him out to the woods with an empty gun, knowing that he wasn't going to be able to kill Rick. Like he was trying to get Rick to kill him. Yeah. That's, oh man. Food it, for thought. It just would have added so much more to his moral, uh, decay because already he's, you know, he just killed his best friend. Like that's, that's got to fuck you up mentally bad. Oh. <laughs> so yeah. now imagine finding that he had no real intent of actually doing you harm. And now you have to live with that. It's like Jesus Christ. So, anyways, it's it, it, it's one of my favorite pieces of trivia uh, that that John Bernthal suggested that. Um, but uh, and he loves telling that at conventions, like when he goes to Q and As and stuff. He'll always bring that up. Um, MD- yeah, I told that to one of my friends too. Like she was a diehard fan, and she asked him, and he you know, confirmed it. Yep, yep. And uh, so the MVP, yeah, no, I agree. It's 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 definitely a. Team Rick, Team Shane, Team Rick, Team Shane. Who whose side are you on here? Personally, yeah. personally, I'm on Rick's side. Um, I think he's I think he's really the star of this episode. Even though it's Shane's final episode, it's he's doing a lot of stuff. He is finally stepping up and taking control of what he needs to take control of. Whether that be talking to Carl 
or mm-hmm. you know getting rid of this infection aka Shane in the group um I think it has to go to uh to to Rick yeah I, I mean I was gonna say the same thing but I'd like to make an honorable mention to Carl Carl what the <laughs> hell <laughs> well thanks for having me on guys it's been great <laughs> Just a tiny, a smidge, a smidgen little, just because of the fact that, I mean, yeah, he was a little shit for being in the field anyway when he was supposed to be locked back in the house. Why was he there? I don't know. How did he find them in that big field? I don't know. But I just appreciated the fact that, like, when Rick gave him the gun saying, like, no more kid shit, like, it, like, you, you have to, like, like, talking about, like, the childhood that he wished he had or whatever, and just, like, him taking the initiative to shoot Shane because, really, he did the final blow yeah. to Shane. Yeah, well, yeah, for sure, yeah, yeah. He he puts down the reanimated Shane. Yeah. The fact that he even got the shot, A. A, for sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <it's, laughs> Jesus. Quite the marksman. Yep. And I just like the, like, seeing him, like, scared shitless because he's like what 11 12 and, or maybe even 10 i don't know yeah who knows but and it's one of those things where it's it's <laughs> sorry to, but it's one of those things where it's for television so i understand that suspense needs to happen where you think that for some reason carl's got the gun pointed at his father because he yeah. thought he just killed shane but no he's pointing it at the shane that's about to reanimate and then, uh, you know, instead of just being like, hey, look out behind you, or hey, Shane's a walker now, we're just going to be silent <laughs> for, the, for the show. We're going to keep that suspense up. But I just want to say he... He had the gun pointed he had, first. Yeah, I, he does raise the gun at Rick before Shane gets up. Uh, I Is noticed that, that too. Thing? I, I think that they, I mean, like, with that kind of the, the direction they were going, they wanted us to just have it pointed at Rick. I mean, I, mean, I don't. He does raise the gun. Yes. He does raise the gun. But I was wondering if it was kind of like a just out of uh, fear. You're meant for a moment to think that it's at him, but then he's actually kind of. I didn't know if it was a timing thing, but it was always meant to be like, oh no, he's not pointing at his dad. Clearly, he's pointing at. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. Again, you could talk to whoever uh, wrote the episode, but um, he does raise the gun first, and then it's like three or four seconds, and then Shane gets up, and. Uh- Go ahead. Uh, I just wanted to say that, like, that's why I named Carl a valuable player. At, like, because if, first of all, if Carl, maybe if Carl wasn't there, then Rick would have noticed. But yeah, he would have. Like, yeah, he wouldn't have turned. Yeah, he wouldn't have turned. And plus, plus, Rick knew that everyone's infected and that he was going to reanimate. Rick knew that. Yeah, I mean, maybe in the moment because he. Like one of my things that didn't make sense before we even get into the segment is. Well, I, I think we can just flow into it. <laughs> yeah, because I I mentioned it when we were watching. Is that like Rick? There's no way he couldn't have heard Shane. Like, couldn't have not heard Shane like moaning and shuffling on <laughs> over in that tall grass. But you know, I said the same thing to my friend a long time ago. Uh, one of the most brilliant friends I have is. Uh, uh, and I'm like, how did he not hear Walker Shane making his way over? And then my friend was like, yeah, but during their scuffle, like a gun went off right next to them. He's like, Ami, I'm going to take you shooting sometime. <laughs> we'll hear what happens to your ears. Yeah. It's like th- after a gun goes off unprotected, your unprotected ears. Because th- maybe, yeah, maybe uh, his hearing was, he was hearing like a faint, like, you know, like when he was in the tank and the gun went off, you know? Like, yeah. 
you like discombobulated or whatever. For sure. He probably has a ringing in his ear that we just don't hear in yeah. this episode. I yeah. just thought he was so like beside himself. Like not only that, like Carl just saw, like could have seen that whole scene and he didn't even know. And how long was Carl there? Who knows? But I think like that's why like it's all kind of up in the air for me if uh, whether or not Carl was there. Would Rick have like, you know, known like because he was so out of sorts. So would he have like rationalized like, oh, wait, I have to kill him again. I, I don't know. Yeah, I know? think he, I mean, he, he's the one member of the group that did know that everyone's infected and that. You know, he's the number. I mean, I'm assuming the trauma of having to stab his friend, but I also yeah, feel like trauma. maybe he didn't go for the brain straight away because there's a certain finality to that. The certain finality to stabbing Shane in the area, you know, uh, destroying the brain, and that, you know, then, then it's over. I think that he, in this strange dynamic that he had with Shane, that he didn't go for like the absolute end at that point. I think he was going to do it in a minute or in a few moments, but at that point, and gosh, this, that whole scene, gosh, I feel like. If we were to back up, like everything leading up to the scene, and and Rick just ah, oh, sorry, I'm just gonna gush at this point. <laughs> but uh, uh, just when uh, the, the, it starts moving along at a, like a freight train, when Shane re, you know approaches the group and he's got the wound, um, and then at that moment when they go out, they're they're scouting the farm looking for Randall, and then Rick at that point says, you know, T, uh, uh, Glenn and. Daryl, you go, and then I'm going to go this way with Shane. And it's almost as if I feel like Rick split it up that way on purpose at that moment, because he kind of had an idea of what was actually happening. Mm-hmm. Like, he split up the groups that way because he wanted to be alone with Shane, because he knew what was what was going on. Because the further out they go, the more Rick is questioning everything, and the more he's just staring at Shane. And be like, yeah, so he, uh, he uh, hits you the rock, huh? Like, in the shed, huh? And he's kind of questioning everything, and they're like, oh, he's not buying at this point. He dragged them out there because he split up at the moment that that plan was put, the, the moment that Shane approached them, I feel like Rick knew what was going on. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, like, going off of that, sorry to cut you off. Oh, Eddie, no, no, you're good. Um, you're good. The whole uh, thing with Randall was going to be one of my things that didn't make sense because only because, like, at first I didn't, like, know what caused Shane to even become unhinged. Like, it, I guess it's kind of just left up to us because, like, I mean, it kind of started when he killed Otis and it just probably welled up, I guess. And you kind of see him, like, when he's in the shed with Randall, like, the camera cutting and him smacking himself, whatever. But something that didn't make sense to me was just when um, he did bring Randall out all the way into the woods and... He even says it himself, and Randall's, like, afraid. Like, are you going to kill me? And he's like, no, if I would, like, if I wanted to kill you, I would have done that a long time ago. And then he, like, a couple seconds later, like, 30 seconds later, he kills him. And I just don't, I don't understand why he brought him all the way out there. And, like, part of me likes to think that he want, he really wanted to go see the group that Randall came from. Like part of me thinks that, uh, or wants to think that he really wanted to get away and join their group. But in his unhingedness, he just like literally, no pun intended, snapped. Yeah. And was like, nah, never mind. I, I think there's something better for me. 
and that's being dead. No, uh, see, to me, I to, for me, I didn't read it as him uh, potentially wanting to join the group or anything. I th- he just he wasn't going to tell him he was going to kill him because he probably would have ran. He probably would have he would have done something. So well, he, he was wants blindfolded to... and taped up until like before then. So like, why untape his mouth? Why take off his blindfold? So that you can have a show. I don't know. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so you can have an audience watch and go, ooh, ah. That's my favorite moment when a, when a person is brought to the point where they go, I don't know. <laughs> Leave me alone. Get off my back. Yeah, it's a uh, show. I think, I, I think dragging them out there, I think taking off the, the blind, I think all of this fits the narrative that Shane was constructing at this point. Um you know, I don't think he really had any real intention of joining their group. I think he was telling this guy what he wanted to hear, but he was setting up. He was setting up that the only way that I can get Rick out this far uh, out here is to get this guy out here, and the only way I can do that is to break him out, and then he's going to have to be loose because it's going to fit the story I'm going to tell them. Uh, I, I feel like he was doing this all towards the plan that he was kind of constructing, and I, and I do feel like almost it almost seemed like he was formulating it when he went in, another actually a scene that I really liked was when he went into the to the shed to see Randall, and he's all blindfolded, and his wrists are all mutilated from his attempts to like get the cuffs off or to get his hand out. Um, and I loved um, uh, Shane sitting with him and kind of uh, he starts hating himself and starts kind of going into this animalistic kind of you know you, you kind of see he yeah he said on hinge like he's kind of coming apart. Uh, I really like that scene, and then he sees the guy hurting himself, and then. It, when he looks down at him, it almost seems like he has this weird moment of like, uh, uh, kind of a mild amusement slash enlightenment. Like, yeah. hey, I've got you know this could work if I get if I bust them out. Um, but I, I feel like it was all just uh, working towards serving this um, this plan that Shane was putting together to drag him out. The only way to get Rick out there. Well, and it's also because, I mean, there's a lot of reasons I think it makes sense. It's it's also because going back to him looking at the handcuffs and laughing, he's he's enjoying it, and he's laughing at the fact that Shane has control. Shane has, he is literally the, uh, he's the owner of the cow, and he's about to use the, the prod the prod to, to like, you know what I mean? Yeah. He, he, he has that ability, so now he's laughing, so I'm going to take him out here, and Ultimately, I know I'm going to kill him, but I'm going to fuck around with him for a little bit. I'm going to because there's nothing else going on. It's the apocalypse. There's <laughs> nothing else going on. So I'm going to enjoy yeah, this yeah, moment. It doesn't even line with uh, Shane's character at that point. Like, he would do something like that. Yeah, he would fuck with the kid because he doesn't like him. So he would literally, yeah. you know, mentally screw with him. Like, why? Why have I you? I miss Shane. Right? <laughs> like, why? Why haven't you killed me yet? Well, if or whatever he said, he'd like, you'd be dead already. And yeah. in the back of his head, he knows you're about to be dead. <laughs> so, yeah. Shane, off camera, too. Off camera. Yeah, that pissed me off. Off camera, too. And I, and, and I do have to say, I love, I love that it is off camera. And I like the little, like, I don't know if it was a, a like a, a choice or if it was just a happenstance, that the, like the fact that the camera is like shaky, like the camera is real. Yeah. Like, like the camera is really shaky and I don't know if that's just the cameraman being in the Georgia heat and he's like about to pass out or if that was a real decision to like kind of unease the audience like the camera shakes pretty bad and 
it definitely throws me off when I watch it every time. It's like, ooh, this is unsettling me. I can't see what's happening, and the camera's shaking. <laughs> and I, and I lo- yeah, the camera shaking, that was really interesting. And, and I actually like it being off camera because there's a moment that you're like, wait, wait, what just happened? Yeah. Because you hear, like, the sound. But you hear, like, the kid, like, uh, uh, like cry out or something when Shane grabs him. But when you hear the sound and the drop to the ground, you then you're totally left wondering what the hell just happened. Yeah, and then just the way Shane walks back on, like you know, uh, even something about his gait seemed like he he is now fully committed to this course of action. Yes, yeah, like there's no going back. Yeah, uh, it's so good. It, it, like I really do. Yeah, Shane is top five characters for me. Um, so something that didn't make sense to me is something that we've talked a little bit about: the fact that Carl has suddenly a perfect aim. <laughs> he he and i mean we're like like remember when andrea didn't have good aim and she's how old and she's an adult and she's practice you know what i mean like there was a time where she, even she sucked at shooting walkers and all of a sudden this little kid who just an episode ago could barely even use a gun like he like it, it, it's like what come on well so the show can happen eddie you gotta leave me alone you gotta back. <laughs> it's for the plot <laughs> <laughs> it just didn't make sense to me. Um, and then yeah, you go quite the headshot. And then uh, the elephant in the room with because they were just venturing the same forest seconds ago. Not a single walker besides Randall, and all of a sudden, like a horde, like a swarm of them, all because of two little gunshots. Okay, well the the horde I can accept only because the woods are vast. Yeah, but they were just in those same woods. How do we know? Like, what? But wait, didn't they? Didn't the next episode showcase like the beginning was showing how that horde made it all the way to the farm? Yes, it. The beginning of next episode shows how that horde ends up over oh, there. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember that. Oopsies. Yeah, the whole beginning is just them, the horde, and then you see like I think they follow a helicopter, and then you see them just yeah. on this long, arduous journey. Yeah, they follow all the way helicopter. up to the farm. Yep. So like that because is a, plot because plot uh, that that is okay to me like that's but the gunshot is especially because remember during the when Sophia opens yeah, or comes out of the barn and they unload yeah like six people shooting they are, guns they are going nuts on these walkers coming out of the barn and not a single walker yeah, ha- not even one and I mean come on there's not a single walker around. Yeah, like, in how close to the highway are they? Not that far. Uh, that's a big stretch. So it is the gunshots that kind of, and I feel like Ami, you wanted to talk about that. The um, are we talking about the? Sorry, we're we talking about the gunshot like on the field of Shane, or like the gunshots when they opened up the barn and Sophia came out. Well, are I'm we... just I'm just saying the fact that during that time we didn't have a single walker come from hearing all those gunshots and that was like (laughs) that was an arsenal that they unloaded (laughs) so well i mean i think that uh this this monstrous horde was still on its way maybe a day's out i don't know yeah it's so that once again it's so the show could have narrative choices so that it fits the it's the show you know there's a there's a you know has to be a willing suspension of disbelief in certain in certain cases. Um, yeah, it's... Yeah, because I mean, like, even yeah, when... Oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> hmm? Go on ahead. Sorry. 
yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean, I can't argue your logic here. <laughs> it's just, eh, it is what it is. But what did you want to say about the one in the field? Oh, the one on the field. That was just, we've already discussed the, uh, the original. Like, how the episode, like, how they show it is uh, after the second shot. Yeah. Like, moment, I think, later. Then the walkers start making their way up. <laughs> and by the way, you know, we're kind of jumping around at this point. But, but uh, what a fantastic what a fantastic ending. Like, just embodying everything that you want in, like, a, in a zombie, in the zombie genre, and especially in episodic television. Just they're standing over Shane, who's now finally put down, and not even realizing that there's just this, this legion of walkers heading up the hill now. It's just, uh, what a way to end that episode. That was, was going to gush about this episode. Well, that's what I was going to, that, that's my fist pump moment is the ending. It's, it's a, I love when they, and again, the show does this a few times and they do these big kind of helicopter zoom outs and you'll see like the walkers that are heading, like there's a, there, like there's a phenomenal one, I think in season six when uh, Alexandria is about to be invaded by a shit ton of walkers. And that is an insane, oh. that's an insane. Is that when they were in the car? Yes, that's when, uh, yeah, yeah. Like there's a horn over in Alexandria. Like one of the wolves crashes the the truck and like the horn is just blaring and then it cuts to the walkers and like you just see them stretching for miles heading toward Alexandria. Um, oh gosh. Like, like I, but I, I just love those helicopter pullouts, you know? It's just so good, and this is sort of like the first one, I feel like. I feel like this is one of the first ones where the, the camera zooms out and we see a giant horde of walkers coming toward. I like, out of know. the forest, up the hill, and they have no idea the danger that they're in. It, just, it was just a wonderful way to end the yeah. episode. Haley doubts me. She thinks there's been another one. She's thinking. I want to say it was when they were on the highway and that horde came through and they all had to hide underneath the cars. But that wasn't a helicopter zoom out. Oh. Where like the camera pulls up into the sky kind of thing. Mm. Like I'm sure they've shown hordes of walkers throughout the, I mean, up to that point. Yeah. But it was just done in this fashion at the very end of the episode where we know they're in trouble now. We know that they've. With epic they're, music. They're, they're in serious peril. With epic music, like almost like a rock and roll version of the of the theme going on. Like that's what it sounded like to yeah. me. It sounded like the theme song, but in like a rock kind of like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, to like really yeah, go the, like the, the drums come in and it's yeah, it's uh it, it it's very amped up. It is got oh gosh. Okay. So good. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's the fist pump moment. Do you have a different fist pump moment? I was just gonna say the moment Rick stabbed Shane. Oh, that's your fist bump? Yeah. Where, like, because I remember when I first watched this episode, like, part of me, like, knew that, like, Rick was going to make it because, like, duh. But did you think he was really trying to, like, calm him down? Uh, I don't, see, I don't entirely, like, I feel like when I first watched it, like, I wanted Shane dead. Yeah. And, like, I think when I first, I think uh, part of me doubted it. Like that, it was gonna happen. Like, and then when it finally did, and then you just see him come underneath with the stab. Yeah, I was whoa, wait. Yeah, and I feel like on first viewing, like you don't think anything's gonna happen just because a main character died. 
just an episode prior. Yeah, yeah, for so sure. Part of you will doubt it. Like, nah, it's not gonna happen. They already had a main character death. Wrong. And I, I, I like that. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I, you know, this episode for Shane, like, because you want, if you, you know, you can want him dead. So I like when they reinforce, like, they they flesh out the character and like his justifications for it, because I feel like it keeps him, you know, it keeps him human, it keeps him grounded. Uh, I know that we this is in the episode. I mean, the one where he killed Otis. So I'll keep it brief. But uh, he, yeah, when he when he dispatches Otis or shoots him in the leg to keep him alive long enough so that the walkers could you know he would make more sound and then and then Shane escapes. I had a discussion with my roommate the next day after it aired because he wanted to talk about that specific moment. It's like, can you feel like Shane was justified in doing that? And I said, uh, absolutely not. I think it was it was abhorrent. It was it was a complete disregard for his fellow man to use him as a as a you know human happy meal so we could escape uh and then human happy meal. uh my friend my friend who's a father said i think it was justified he was doing this to save carl he's doing it to save the kid i was like well then remind me to never go on a supply run with you also apparently also uh think about this ami the reason that shane didn't kill otis is so that rick would be the first person of the cast to kill a human being because in uh in the in the bar in the episode called Nebraska, that's the first time that we see our group kill another human just in cold blood, whether it's for self defense or not. That's the first time we see Rick or anybody of the group actually kill a human. So they they wanted to do that so Rick could get that right because he's the main guy. So if if Shane had killed Otis, like just killed him outright, he would have been the first and they probably just wanted, you know, to give that to to Rick. So they were like, eh, shoot. Was that the, was that the reason? I, I had no idea. I'm just saying, like, I think that is a reason. Like, they wanted to give that honor, the first human kill to Rick. So they were like, all right, Shane just uh, shoots him in the leg. See, I thought it was far more, like, uh, premeditated. I thought, like, if I shoot, if, it, if I, you know, don't come up to him, but if I, if I kill him, but if I shoot him in the leg he's going to start screaming, crying out, which is going to draw even more of them to, to Otis and off of me. I thought it was more like a, I'm doing this so that you make noise and then I can get away. That, well, that too. Yeah. That, I mean, there's probably a multiple of reasons, but like that definitely makes sense as well. Like the fact that he would be screaming and, and, and hollering and that'll definitely draw more of them towards him for sure. And it's definitely more, it, it is more like fucked up and that's, and that's another good reason to give it to Shane. It's more fucked up, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the things that I just absolutely adore about this show is you have conversations like that. You get to have, like, you get to know who your friends are. It's like, oh, yeah, she's justified. I'm like, oh, my God, really? <laughs> like, I don't never, okay. It, it, you know, I don't know of many shows that give you these kinds of opportunities to have conversations like this. Uh, so, yeah, once again, tip my hat to the walking dead, especially yeah. in these early seasons. For sure, like yeah, the early seasons are are some of the gold ones. Um, is that is that everything? Did, is there anything else that didn't make sense or no? No, we're good. Not really. We covered that. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm just running it through my head real quick because I hate to to wrap up a recording and go. Oh wait, hold on. There was that one thing I wanted to mention and <laughs> I didn't mention it. Yeah, um, I, I yeah, I'm pretty sure everything else feels like it and. What's funny is a lot of the stuff we kind of talked ourselves into making sense. So um, that's 
that well i didn't know how we were gonna if we were gonna chronologically break down like you know what happens in kind of the, the course of the episode if we were just gonna or if like the um the questions were kind of gonna just you know, that was the outline for the for this episode of your show yeah but um i guess the, the one of the things that i like um that i really liked was at that uh, moment between rick and shane on the in the field their whole dialogue, uh, but also the fact that how Rick went about it to like put his gun out, to hold it out and be like, you know, nothing's happened. We can come back from this. Like nothing has happened yet. We're going to go back. to And he almost leans into that noble guy that we know Rick is right before he takes a knife out and stabs him. And I was like, holy crap, that was kind of, that was kind of dark on Rick's side to kind of lull. Because I mean, like, you have a gun too. You've got bullets too. There's like a, although I'm sure at that point, any sudden movement sort of, you know, you know, you know, you, you don't want to like test uh, how itchy Shane's trigger finger is, but uh, but it was it was really cool how we kind of led him into this, into you know, with the guy that we know Rick to be, this noble guy that is like, nope, I'm not going to shoot you. He's like, oh, you're going to shoot an unarmed man, and then right when they get close, and Shane grabs Rick's gun, he stabs him. Like it was such a interesting way for Rick to go about that. For sure, for sure, it was. The false sense of security is unsettling, yeah. to say the least. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, do, you, do you guys think that that falls in line with Rick's character, at least up to that point? Well, yeah. He, Rick is like one to, uh, to be the one to derail stuff like that. Like, uh, he is, um, like you said, a noble. So. And I think that's where I was saying, like, how I was surprised that Shane ended up dying at his hand because it was just kind of a. Because he's like his brother. But. Kind of seems like Shane wanted to die, huh? What was that? Kind of seems like Shane wanted to die, huh? Well, yeah, right? <laughs> I think it falls in line with Rick because a in in before the the apocalypse he probably had to do shit like this anyway, and yeah. and after after the incident in the bar where he shot the two guys he's he's a changed man he's he literally went from side A to side B and up until killing Shane he's been flirting with staying on side A and this put him completely on side B. And then we finally hear him say that in the next episode where he's like, this isn't a democracy anymore. Like, yeah, it, it's really funny how, because into season three, like how far, because I think season three is the most uh, hardcore we see Rick, the kind of the most brutal and unfeeling. And uh, it is kind of cool to see that it kind of stems from this, this uh, moment he had with Shane. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, and I feel like everything comes back to Shane. Like that's why in season three, when he's attacking Woodbury, he sees somebody that reminds him of Shane. He, Shane haunts him, and even in the episode where in, and I know you haven't seen it yet, but um, I'm talking to Haley. No spoilers. No spoilers. Okay, well, in Rick's final episode, let's just say there's something to do with Shane. Um, he 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 he's always on Rick's mind. I don't think, and especially with Judith, you know, uh, Judith. he, he even acknowledges that Judith is definitely not his. It's definitely Shane's. And so, so, so Shane is, even though he's not in the show, 
I love that the show keeps him alive in dialogue and in and in just, you know, flashbacks or like hallucinations or whatever. There wouldn't even be a show without Shane because he's the one that saved Rick. True. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. Shane is yeah. incredibly important to the show. Wasn't that the, the season one finale when uh, uh, it kind of showed what was going on in the hospital and Shane was there and then at the last ditch after he just kind of rolls one or he puts one of the beds yeah. in front of Rick's door so they can't get in. And I was like, that, you know, that, I, that was so cool. Yeah. Like, it was a, it, he had to leave, but it was the only thing he could do was try to block him off. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Shane, Shane, Shane. But John Bernthal says... Yeah, I never... Yeah, I never hate... I couldn't bring myself to hate the guy. Well, you loved to kind of hate him, right? Like you love to kind of go, man, what? Like, uh, you're so valuable to this. <laughs> you're so valuable to the group, but why are you so the way you are? Why are you so unlikable? <laughs> why are you just, why are you such an ass sometimes? <laughs> you know, God damn it. But yeah, um, John Bernthal said that, you know, getting the show was the best thing that ever happened to him and getting killed off the show was the best thing that ever happened to him. So, oh gosh, yeah. you know, I mean, what more does an actor want? Like you, I mean, what a getting a full arc like that, getting to have great moments, getting to have definitive moments and dialogue and then getting to go out and then have a, an amazing death. It's, uh, it's kind of like the actor's dream. Yeah. I mean, you're the guy to talk about it. I mean, like if you were to get something like that, I'm sure you'd be, you'd be ecstatic oh, th- through the roof. I would, yeah, especially like, you know, you could have like a, uh, like a theatrical, like Shakespearean kind of death where you are able to like, you know, say three paragraphs in like a sonnet before you die, which is fine. But I would rather have a gurgling, there's blood filling up my lungs, just kind of like brains hemorrhaging out kind of death. I've um, always said that I wanted to, ha- like if I were to be in something like a show or a movie, I would, I want to be a character that's killed off. <laughs> like I, I've always just wanted to like have like have that acting experience, be able to get in that makeup, and yeah. <laughs> well, how far how far are you in the show? Just to uh, somewhere season, in season eight. Yeah, some little more than like past the midway of season eight. So the whole confrontation with Negan. Do you you see that? I'm oh, trying, I'm yeah. To like um, right after Carl died. Okay. Um, man, they threw that episode out, didn't they? But anyway, um, the, uh, the whole thing with Stephen Yoon as Glenn, you know, I thought it was amazing that when he found out how Glenn dies, you know, getting bashed through this pole and his eyeball popping out, like he, he went to uh, Robert Kirkman and said, um, don't give that death to someone else. Like, I want that one. <laughs> I was like, holy crap, that's amazing. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean. I want to do that. I want yeah. my eye out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, come on. It's, uh, I mean, that's your moment to shine. That's your moment to make somebody feel for sure. And, uh, uh, yeah, it would, it would be great to have a moment like that where you just, it's certainly memorable. That's the word memorable. Like you want to be memorable. You don't want to be that thing that people get sick and tired of. You want to be, man, remember Shane, the good old days, like that's what you want. So, or yeah. like my death is just kind of like, oh yeah, Ami went on a supply run and he died. It's like, oh, he didn't get mentioned. <laughs> no, you you want a scene? Yeah. Well, that is it, man. We covered uh, your favorite episode, Better Angels, uh, season two, episode twelve. Um, 
and uh, it was a blast. I I really appreciate you coming on here and and just giving different me. kinds of insight. And and I love doing you know conversations and and everything with you. So I mean, it was um, nice to oh, meet yeah, you. Likewise. Nice to meet you too. Thank you. It, it was it was so great hearing your input. It was so like uh, you know your how you view things and your your point of view. It's so it's so refreshing. So nice. Ditto to you, too. Ditto to you. Oh, I'm a basic bitch. Like, I, I like <laughs> things that everybody likes. I don't bring anything new to the table. Oh, stop it. And stop you're, it. Very, you're very well-spoken, which is one of the reasons why yes. I always love having you on, whether it be my podcast, this podcast, whatever. It's uh, You're just a real well-spoken guy. Um, Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Is there anything that you are currently doing that uh, you would like to share before we let you go? Oh, uh, auditions and whatnot, but uh, I, I I leave that you know for my agent and myself. I haven't booked any TV shows yet, but I, I will keep you posted as soon as uh, as soon as that door is opened. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, as of right now, just um, uh, surviving out here in LA and uh, and you know just living the dream. Living the dream. Living the dream. All right, Ami. Well, we are going to let you go, and uh, I will definitely be in touch with you soon because uh, that's that's the way that rolls. We just stay in do. touch. We stay in touch. Yes, that's what friends do. Thank you. All right, man. It was great. Uh, it was great chatting with you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Talk to you later. Later. Bye. <sighs> oh, Ami. Oh, Ami. I said oh. Ami. Oh, <laughs> like said, old. Oh. He's, he doesn't sound old. <laughs> no, he's not old. I'm just saying like old Ami. Oh, I just say Good old. old Ami. Oh, Ami. His real name's Amitesh. Amitesh. Yeah, he's Indian. I don't know why we didn't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Did we have to? No, but I mean, he is. <laughs> You're white people. What? 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 <laughs> he's Indian. Okay. I can't help it. <laughs> he can't either. <laughs> Ami, if you're listening to this, we should have talked about this. That he is Indian. People. That he is Indian, and he should have been like one of the first Indian people on the show. Oh my god! <laughs> what? You should have. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, uh, that was a lot of fun and uh, much longer than our normal episode, and that's to be expected. Um, thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed this one, and we will be back uh, for the finale with uh, a, another very special guest, one of my great friends. Even though. Uh, Ami is also very great. Uh, I've just known this guy a little bit longer than Ami. His name is Durant Cinema. Dave Durant. Dave Durant Cinema. He is a YouTuber. Uh, he is just a phenomenal dude. Uh, we've collaborated, him and I, a bunch of times, three videos on his channel, multiple videos on my old YouTube channel. He's been on my podcast a million times. Just one of the funniest guys I know. And uh, if we thought Ami was well-spoken, get ready for... The total opposite. <laughs> Dave doesn't know how to speak. Oh, I don't either. So we'll get along well. <laughs> so that'll be interesting. And uh, do all the things you do with podcasts. Like, comment, subscribe, share. Go follow her on Instagram at ponies916, ponies916, whatever you want. 916. I'm on Instagram, eddiegreens101. You guys know where to find us. And until... We talk to you next time. Let me, uh, oh, 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 God, what is, oh, what is happening? That was not supposed to happen. It was supposed to go to the middle of that song. Oh, God, this is why we need. Producer. Someone that knows what they're doing. 
See? Someone that knows what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to edit this out. That's the sad part. Yeah, because you're lazy. All right, here we go. Bring, Bring your, your own, own pants. pants. <laughs> hear myself think. Also, I apologize if that's a little too loud. He doesn't. <laughs>